Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. This week, I'm in conversation with another key personality from our league, showcasing different sides to them rather than simply what we see on the pitch. Last time we chatted with York United's left winger, Diadine Abzi, it was a wonderful conversation that I hope you find time to catch if you haven't already. This week, I sit down with a real star in the Canadian Premier League. And before we get into that, let me say that I'm now privileged to be into my third decade when it comes to interviewing footballers. Many of those interviews have been good. Some have been very good. And then you get some that are next level where it doesn't really feel like an interview. It's simply an open conversation where listeners can learn so much more about that player. That was what this episode was like. Marco Bustos is arguably the best player in the Canadian Premier League right now. But how did he get to this level? He opens up his heart and his mind and tells us a lot much and a lot more on this episode. He takes us on his journey from growing up in a football mad household in Winnipeg to a stint at Liverpool where he trained with Chris Mavinga, amongst others, a life-changing decision to go to Vancouver Whitecaps and why tears flowed during some very rough times there, more life-defining decisions to go to Mexico, OKC, and why all of this helped him mold who he is today. I first met Marco many years ago when he was a young man in Vancouver. And for me, this is a wonderful example of how maturity can strike at different times and why now at 25, he is the way he is on the pitch. It's a fascinating conversation and I hope you like it. Here is Marco Bustos. Great to see you. Thanks for joining me. How's things? Yeah, nice to see you too. Um, No, things are good. Uh, obviously, bubble life is a bit uh, different than uh, normal life, but uh, can't complain too much. We're back playing football, and uh, and that's where I'm at my happiest. So everything's going good here in Winnipeg. You said that's where you're at your happiest. It looks like you're having a ton of fun out there with your teammates playing, and your team's playing really well as well. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, you know, where I'm happiest and where most guys are happiest is on the pitch. And, uh, you know, we've been, just been training hard the last year and a half. Uh, probably the most training I've done in my career, but uh, but no, now it's you get to go out, perform, and have fun, and it's uh, it's been it's been a good uh, a good month so far here in the bubble. Yeah, we'll get into your family life in a minute, and obviously getting you you know the roots that have really made you into who you are today. But before we do that, just to finish on the stuff in the bubble, it appears from the outside, Marco, that you've got a tremendous family unit going on there within your team as well. You know, led by Palmer Carr as well, and the camaraderie is feels like it's it's genuine and real that translates to success on the pitch. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, actually, the first time in my career, I'm in a team where you know everyone is on the same page. Uh, we're really tight knit group. Uh, you know, a lot of the times in, in the teams I've played, there's always a, a few players that, you know, when they don't play or things are not going their way, they kind of try to bring the team down in a sense of, you know, attitude and and uh, expressions towards, you know, coming down for breakfast. They know maybe they're not going to play and head down. But here it's everyone's heads are held high. Um, the only time really that, you know, guys are heads down is when, we should be winning a game and we tie, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of expectation everyone has on ourselves. And, you know, the standard starts from, from Pa as a coach, you know, he's a leader. Uh, he was a big leader as a player and he's our biggest leader as a coach, you know, and it's about getting the guys around to follow him in the direction we want to go to. Um, you know, everyone here is ambitious. We want to win a championship. That's why we play. Um, I personally have not won a championship in my career and 
And that's that's a goal of mine and a goal of many guys. And me being a leader, um, it's about you know trying to lead by example, and uh, and following that direction, and try to bring guys with us. And that's the way we're we want to go. And it's exciting, you know, for me working with a guy like Pa. And I would imagine for the rest of the guys, it's you don't have a better coach. You know, he's a guy that holds the standard high and wants to get better every day. Um, he's challenged me as a player, as an individual, which is uh, which is honestly what's made me better and made me see, you know, almost foresee myself and um, my career and what I want to achieve and my ambitions, my motivation. And the most important thing for me in performance is confidence. Mm. You know, if if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? And the just the belief he's he's given me and. And the belief he shows in me, it's, it's amazing. You know, you don't get it everywhere, but, uh, but it allows me to be me, which is important. It's, it's great to see your smile on the face. You can see you really enjoy, <laughs> you're really enjoying what you're doing, what you love the most and what you're really good at, you know, mate. And, and you know, it, is it almost bringing that kid back into you again? I know that like that line between when you're a child and you want to become a professional is never straight, right? You, you know, we, we're going to get into that with your journey in a minute, but do, do you feel like you're enjoying the game more than you've ever enjoyed it as a professional? 100%. Yeah. Someone asked me this question the other day, actually. And uh, really like thinking deep in my thoughts, it's, it's the happiest I've ever been playing football. Um, and it's the most motivated I've ever been as well which is important. You know, I, I keep saying my ambitions high as a player, as a person, as an individual. And, and for me, it's, you know, what margins can I gain every day to be a better person, be a better player, a better teammate. And uh, those are the challenges that have been laid in front of me from, from Pa, uh, from James, you know, just the whole organization, uh, Rob as an owner. Um, it's just brought the just happy happiness in me and, like I said from before, you know, the belief they show in me gives me that extra, just that extra level that I, that I know I can reach, and and it's just every day trying to trying to get better. It's great to see. It really is. Take us on the journey here, Marco, a little bit. Then our listeners and our viewers here. So, born in Winnipeg, Chilean parent, Italian parent. Love for the game, I would yeah. imagine, would be pretty much automatic. You will, you know, you had no choice, I would imagine. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your childhood, your love for the game, your first kind of memories around soccer. Yeah, it all started actually with my dad. You know, my dad has uh, oh, played his whole career. Um, you know, everyone here in Winnipeg knows my dad from the soccer community, and just me, my brother, my sister. You know, we always it always started with uh, you know going to my dad's games. And, uh, you know, we're small and, and watching him play and actually sitting there and watching. And then once halftime goes, it was, that was our cue to get on the pitch at halftime and, you know, put my sister in the net, start shooting at her. And, and that's how the kind of love for it kind of started. And then uh, the connection I had with my brother and sister, you know, always, you know, playing soccer in the basement. You know, my mom yelling at me from upstairs, you know, don't kick the ball so hard or... You know, we just didn't listen. And my dad, my dad was the quiet one. You know, he wanted us to play, but over my mom, he didn't have much authority of the, of the yelling and all that, break, making holes in the wall. And, but, uh, but that's just who we were, you know, a big soccer family. Um, a lot of support from them, obviously, through, through my career so far. Um, obviously, getting, moving to Vancouver at a young age was not easy for, for my parents, more so my mom. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but they, they knew what I wanted and you know what I worked for and and you know without them obviously I wouldn't be where I am today. But it's uh, they're they're obviously a huge part of my journey. You mentioned going to Vancouver as a teenager. Before then, when did you think, or when did it hit you as a young boy, Marco, that you thought I I, I could do something with this? You know, I I can make this. I can make it a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, uh, actually, at, at twelve years old, I was uh, selected in the National Training Center, the NTC back then. I was actually the youngest the youngest player to ever join the program, and that showed something in itself. You know. Uh, just being from Manitoba and going to these uh, scouting events, you know, uh, Sean Fleming kind of running the program, um, then working with Rob Gale at a young age as well. And uh, just being there, you know, with guys that are already 16, 17, and I'm 12 years old running around and <laughs> getting pushed around. But that, that was me. I always, I always wanted to play with, with older, older kids, uh, more experienced players which at the end of the day helped me quite a lot uh, once I got to the Whitecaps. But uh, yeah, I think at, at 12 years old is when between 12 and 15 is when I really, when I really excelled at that young age to, to see, you know, maybe I have a future in this. A lot of players have that story. You just mentioned it. I remember reading Andreas Iniesta's book, which is behind me about leaving home when he was a young boy and his mom crying and to talk us through that a little bit. So you get offered to go to the Whitecaps, you, you go to Vancouver. How challenging was that for you as, as a family and how, I guess a little bit of both, no excitement, but a little, uh, quite a lot of trepidation. Yeah, it was uh, definitely exciting. You know, uh, actually, before before the scouting event that they had for before starting that residency program full time, I was in. Uh, I went for two weeks to Liverpool, which was a really cool experience. You know, after three years, then seeing Raheem Sterling, you know, playing, and all these guys, I was like interacting with them, and it was cool. You know, I didn't at that age. I didn't really know too much about you know the history of Liverpool and. Right. And the top players and all that kind of stuff. But I went there, trained for two weeks. Um, How old were you then, Marco, when you went there? I was four, 14. 14. Wow. 14-year-old yeah, Manitoban boy going to Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was wow. there. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like, uh, I got to – because the, the connection through there was uh, through someone in Winnipeg who was friends with uh, the reserve coach at the time. And uh, I actually got to do, like, a – a training session with the with the reserve team once on their cool down day. Nice. On one of their recovery days. And Suso was there. Um Mavinga actually was there that plays for TFC now. So it, it was a cool experience. And then that kind of that kind of brought interest from the White Cups, you know, just seeing that on the on the meet on the media and all that kind of stuff. And and then they got me to go to Vancouver for a weekend. I uh, did really well. That was probably the best I ever played until then. And then, uh, yeah, obviously, a few months later, got a got an email or a letter in the mail, you know, saying that they wanted me to be part of the residency program. And for me, I came back from school. They showed this to me, and my dad said, you know, if you want this, you, you gotta you gotta work harder. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna come easy. It's not gonna be easy when you get there. So obviously. Uh, as a family, we we accepted the the call from the Whitecaps, and I went there. It was just crazy, though. Like 
the first four months was so tough, you know, and, and, you know, not, not a lot of guys will tell you how emotional it is, but, uh, I, there were a lot of nights where, you know, I'd cry, you know, I miss home and it was tough. You know, the first four months there from, from August or sorry, September to December, it's a lot of rain. I knew nothing about it really, you know, kind of depressing, um, and when you're not taken happy, away you're not... from your friends, I suppose, as well. Yeah, exactly. Your friends, friends there. Yeah, high school, everything's new. Living with a new family. You know, a few families that I lived with didn't work out at, in the end. But uh, I had to find my fit as a, as a person. You know, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, the first four months were tough. And actually, at the end of the four months, um, you know, kind of the, the coaches and stuff brought me in before Christmas break. And they told me, you know, you're not the player that we that we thought you would be coming in you know you were really good in the in the combine that we had but now you know what's wrong like you're you're not in a in a in good soccer shape you know you're not strong you're losing the ball too much too many touches you know what what is it that's bothering you and for me it was just uh you know missing home and and that kind of stuff from a young age and then going back for Christmas is where everything kind of changed was, you know, seeing that everyone was good. Everyone, you know, really wanted this for me. And it made, gave me that extra drive to really want it for myself and kind of get through that, that hump. Wow. And uh, I came back and, you know, a, a big shout out to uh, Steve Meadley, who was uh, one of the coaches then who really believed in me. And uh, he just said, you know, once you get really fit, everything will come easy. And I just tried to get as fit as I could. And, and then he was right. Everything started coming easy and just kind of went from there. And, and it was a, a really good experience for sure. What a terrific story and a terrific tale. And so many youngsters listening to this will be really appreciative that you shared that, Marco, I think, because everyone can learn things from that, right? It's a real honest mm-hmm. and, and transparent approach. We appreciate that. So fast forward a little bit with the Whitecaps. I remember I think the first time I saw you live was the Canadian Championship game correct me if I'm wrong, you, I think you were picked against TFC. Were you not? Bradley played that day, yeah. Defoe. Uh, what was that yeah. like to play? It Was that your first debut for them, the first game? That was my, that was my first uh, Whitecaps game, first team game. And uh, it was cool. You know, we went there actually not knowing if they were going to play a strong team or not. And they actually played their best team. And uh, it, was, it was actually really cool. You know, uh, we're sitting there in the locker room, you know, an hour before they start writing the the other starting 11 on the board and I'm sitting there watching and they start with Julio Cesar. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I just seen this guy winning champions league and, yep. and playing for Brazil. And then they get to the top Defoe. I think at the time too, it was uh, Gilberto. Right. Um, Bradley, you know, they played everyone and it was really cool. And that was a great experience for me. Um, I think I went up for a header with uh, Stevie Caldwell. I gave him a little elbow, <laughs> um, but no, it was a it was a cool experience for sure. And and you learn from them, you know. It wasn't it wasn't the best game in the world for me for me, mm-hmm. but it was uh, it was a great learning experience to see you know the level of these guys and what it takes to get to that level, and just the the day in day out kind of stuff, you know. Seeing because we went out with a young team, uh, which is what. Uh, you know, Vancouver kind of always did, you know, the first round of Canadian Cup. Yeah. Um, 
but it just gives you a little taste of of what professional football is like. You guys were really good that night. I think it ended two one, and then the, the reverse leg, which I don't think you played in, that went to penalties. So uh-huh. it was really, it, it was a really yeah. close game. Um, yeah, it was yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, how do you look back on your on your Whitecaps tenure? Because I think August two thousand eighteen. I remember the press release coming into my inbox. Marco Bustos has terminated his contract off to Oklahoma City. Um, was it just the time that you, you felt at that point to to go and explore and, and, and tell us a little bit about why OKC? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, obviously I, I have to give a, a lot of thanks to the Whitecaps organization, you know, all the coaches I worked with. Um, you know, without that program, I wouldn't be playing professional football. And uh, And for me, you know, in, in my time there is, you know, looking back now, what I know now, and if I could give that kind of information to a 17-year-old, 16-year-old kid, you know, it's every day, you know, what is it that you're doing every day to get better? You know, if you really have ambition to to get to the next level, to get to a high level, a top professional league, it's, you know, it's what you're doing every day. And that's through nutrition, uh, sleep, you know, coming into training with a goal of, you know, trying to be the best in training, you know, just little things like that and working hard. You know, for me, a a big word now is hard work. Um, I wish I worked as hard then as I do now, but you know, that's, that's hindsight and kind of in the past, but you learn from it. And, and for me, it's, it's just now about, getting better every day you know I'm not getting any younger but that that does not phase me um you know Jamie Vardy got to the neck got to the prem at correct me if I'm wrong 27 28 years old yep and it's you know that's my mentality is never give up because you never know and and for me just my my tenure there was was amazing you know great experience great city um you know, still to this day, it's my favorite place uh, to live. Um, it's just such a good place, make good friends, connections. Um, but I definitely could have used my time better. And that's 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 when, you know, Pa comes into, you know, him coming into the team uh, as an experienced center back uh, with a big voice. You know, he kind of took me under his wing and and kind of showed me the ropes of, you know, what it's like to be a pro or what do you have to do to be professional or even understanding being a professional, which was his big thing. You know, uh, he always says now, ah, when you were 18, you didn't know what it was to be professional. Mm -hmm. And he was right. But at that time when he's talking or experienced guys talking at that age, it's in one ear, you just nod your head and yeah, it's out the other ear. Right. But when you really get it, when you start to understand it and you know, when things aren't going tough or uh, things are going tough, for you as a player, you kind of think back to these moments, you know, what if I listened a bit better? And, uh, and he just kind of mentored me in that. And once I sort of figured it out, um, you know, it, it was, it just started coming like this and it went back to that fitness part too. You know, he, he bet me $200 at the end of, at the end of his first season, he bet me $200 that he would come back to preseason and beat me in the yo-yo test. And for him, it was, it was more so, you know, let's see how hard this kid can work and see, you know, if he takes me serious. 
And for me, it was about the two hundred dollars. Right. I could. I didn't care anymore. All I had was focus. Oh, I want that two hundred dollars. You know, this guy is bugging me constantly about my weight and and my mentality that I'm that I'm weak minded. But for him, it was a test. And I came back fitter than everyone but Russell Tiber. Right. And because uh, that guy's a machine, he's different. But yeah, I've heard about that guy running Grouse <laughs> yeah. Ground Mountain, by the way. <laughs> oh, in like 35 minutes. Yeah, uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, but at the end of the day, it was just uh, to test me. And I came back, you know, I beat him by a country mile. Fantastic. But that, that wasn't the point. You know, it was just, you know, learning how to actually work hard. And my one day off in the off season was Christmas Day. And that kind of formed me as the person I am today, you know, really taking care of my nutrition, uh, my health, um, everything it takes to be a professional. And, you know, along the way, you know, things mentally get tough. You know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Um, and then, you know, they, they had told me that, you know, we, we don't see you in our plan. Um, we want you to sign. We're going to give you the option to sign a, a new deal but only if you get a loan somewhere. So that was the first time ever that I was like, you know, kind of on the edge of, you know, not having a team. Mm. So I ended up finding a loan in Mexico and uh, they obviously let me go still under MLS contract. And that was the toughest time in my career. Um, it would you, what kind of went from, from 100 to, to 10 really quick. You know, not knowing that part of the world too much, um, you know, like the training facilities, uh, just everything was, was when you're brought up in something that they give you everything, going somewhere where you, you know, they work to get the bare minimum. It was uh, very, very much a culture shock for me. Um, and just... You know, when, when you're not, like I said, you know, when you're not happy and, and you kind of lose that drive, it, it's not good for any athlete and, uh, definitely lost my, lost my hunger for the game and just, uh, not having that consistent minutes. Cause I was going to Mexico thinking, ah, I'm going on loan, you know, I'm going to play every game. Mm. It should be good. Mm. You know, I, I went there and preseason doing really well, enjoying it. And when the games come, it was tough to find game time. So I was kind of in the same spot, but in not so nice of a place. So it was like in the same, I didn't move right. In, right. in my career aspect. And that was the tough part. And spending a year there at the end was, was really good for me mentally, you know, really digging in, um, having to deal with that adversity. Um, it made me definitely a stronger person and, and more, it gave me that, that, that motivation to keep going, you know, and, mm. and the opportunity came up that, that OKC uh, wanted me and to get me, I had to kind of leave my ties with the Whitecaps. So uh, obviously I, I gave them a call and expressed my, my feelings and, and I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to be in their plans anymore. So, you know, we just mutually agreed to terminate and start something new. And I went to OKC with, uh, with the intention that I was going to play every game. And I went there and 
for the rest of that season. I played every game, which was important for me. I just trying to get my feet back in, back on the pitch regularly, consistently. And, uh, and that kind of brought, you know, happiness back in me. And then the next USL season, they brought in uh, another player in my position, which is, which is good. You know, you want healthy competition and, and that's what makes the team better. And at the end of the day, they went with him, which is totally fine. And, you know, the CPL was coming back or coming around the corner. And I, you know, I knew about it. Uh, Rob Gale had mentioned it to me before. And, you know, I just kind of said, you know, not yet. You know, it's brand new. I definitely want to see what it's like first before I end up going. And then uh, the first game comes around. I watched it on one soccer. I signed up for the free month. Um <laughs> And then just the just the whole the whole vibe and and the way they they did the media and the games it was it seemed super professional and I was like oh wow like watching one game and you know the media coverage and halftime show and it just it felt like a like a new like a TSN or something I was like oh wow this is this is cool and you know watched a few more games and and uh, I just said you know let's give it a shot. You know, I think for me, if I can go home uh, back to Winnipeg and play in front of my, my friends and my family for the first time in my professional career, I think that'll spark a little bit of, of, uh, of happiness in me. Right. You know, and even then in Oklahoma, it was like, I wasn't that happy. You know, when I first got there, I was ecstatic, you know, new team, you know, fresh start. And then again, you know, kind of up and down with consistent minutes, um, always being the first guy subbed out. You know, it's like it's just stuff like that. That as a player, it's tough to control, mm-hmm. and it's just your head's going all over the place. And and coming back to CPL was to this day the best decision I made. Uh, you know, coming back, playing every game for Valor, every minute, and in front of my friends and family was was something that brought it brought that that kid back at me like we talked like we spoke about in the beginning of this interview and uh just just having that consistent minutes you know people talking about me again uh being able to showcase myself which was important and then obviously you know the season ended and and uh basically got a call almost from every team which (laughs) which was which was nice you know and Nice it to shows, be you know. right, Marco? It's nice to Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. But uh, but no, it was it was really nice, you know, being being able to to come to Winnipeg, uh, play consistently and play consistently good is what you know I lacked as a as a as a player growing up. As a young player, I wasn't consistent, which didn't allow me to get that time that I needed or wanted with the White Caps first team. Mm. And coming back and and like I said, you know, playing all these games, getting noticed, and then getting a call from uh, from Pa telling me I'm taking the Pacific job. I want you to be. I want you to be uh, my signing, and I'll give you the number ten jersey. He tells me. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say no to that yeah. guy, right? You're like, I already yeah, beat yeah. you. I beat you in the beep test. Uh, yeah. I'll, come, I'll come sign with you this time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, it was. Uh, it was cool, you know. And then. And I said, you know, if if um, if I'm back in CPL, I, I want to play for you. You know, just the way he expressed himself, uh, how much he wanted me, and and uh, then getting a call from James Merriman, 
um, showed the, you know, how much they, they wanted me and, and the plan for me, mm. which is, which is what I wanted. You know, I wanted a, a plan around me that's ambitious. You know, I told Pa, you know, I'm coming to Pacific and I want to be the MVP of the league. I want to, cause he asked me, you know, what do you want? I said, I want to win and I want to be the best player in the league. And he said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, you know, come in, come into Pacific and every day trying to get better. You know, I know you haven't seen me in, in it probably have been two and a half years since you had seen me three years. And, you know, I'm not the same person, you know, I've grown a lot, uh, mentally. Um, and I know, you know, what it takes to be professional now. And, and he said, you know, I, I watch, I watch your videos, your clips, you know, watch your games. You can be the best player. You just have to believe in it and come in and coming in and believing that right from the start was, was what changed my mentality in, in this league. And, uh, and it was just, you know, amazing to come here and I still yet haven't played in front of the fans, but everyone's very welcoming here. And, and I'm excited to, you know, get this third season under my belt in CPL. And, and it's just, uh, I'm just happy, you know, that I'm here happy, smiling and, and playing well because, you know, hard work doesn't go unnoticed. And those who know me will probably tell you, uh, they're the, I'm the hardest working player person they've ever met, which is, which makes me feel, you know, emotional and, and, and good at the same time. That's good, man. The hard work pays off, right? That's the key, right? You rewarded for mm-hmm. all the work that you've done. So much to unpack there from that from that story. And, you know, again, it's great transparency for people to learn from it. You know, you can't say this, but I will. I give you tremendous credit for the way that you look back at your time at the Whitecaps in terms of how thankful you are for the time and the opportunities. I know, and I'm sure you could say how many times there were difficult moments. Why am I not playing? I should be playing instead of this guy. You know, there's so many of those moments in sports, right, that you have. Yeah. Um, but it's wasted negative energy, you know, it's, it, it's, there's no point looking back. And as you said, yeah. you know, it's it fascinating there that you just said, you know, I'm a different person now, but you're the person now that has been created because of the way that you were when you're 18. There's no point saying, why wasn't I like that at 18? You just weren't ready to be that, you know? And I think yeah. that brings us to where you are now is that an age, age is just a number. As you talked about with the Jamie Vardy story is that, you know, your presence in this league makes this league a lot better. There's no, that's undoubtedly, that's, you can't argue against that. And and you're already on the journey to try and become the MVP. And I guess what my point being is now is that when that next opportunity comes for you to move on, and it will come by the way, you will, will be in a better mental state. Will you not to be ready to take on that adversity that you were, that perhaps you weren't ready for before? 100%. You know, you said it, you hit it on the nail. There's, you know, this negative energy and I went through it. You know, I always, I would tell even Pa, how's this guy playing in front of me or how come I'm not getting a chance? And it's just stuff you can't control. Mm. You know, you just have to control what you can. And now being in this moment is, you know, I'm in full control of what I know that I'm in full control of what I can do and my destiny and being able to play game to game, game after game is in my control showing up to training and being the best in training every day, being, you know, recovering well. I've given myself the best opportunity to succeed. And that's what I plan on keep on doing is just keep level, level-headed um, and just keep working hard and, and 
you know, it's no secret. You know, I've said a lot of times that, you know, my ambition's high and I want to play at a higher level. And, and, you know, every, the supporting cast around me, you know, coaches, players is keep being you. And, you know, we all know how hard you work. Um, but just, just keep performing, keep showing what you can do and, and keep being a good person, you know, a good leader by example. And, you know, the good things come to those who, who work hard and those who deserve it. And, you know, it's just about being patient and, and, you know, show up to the games and keep having fun. And is there something, Marco, to be said about, you know, just as you mentioned, why you went to OKC to play regular minutes, to have so many of those reference points time and time again, because obviously you've matured so much off the pitch, but it appears talking to you, and I've been involved in, had the pleasure to be involved in a couple of your press conferences as well, that the way you're breaking down plays and your recall is off the charts now. Is that something, and I know that wasn't always the case. You couldn't have talked to me, for example, as an 18-year-old kid and the way that you're talking to me right now in, in the way that you're recapping goals and the way that you're telling me about the move when you pass to Bassett for different positions. Is that something that just comes, Marco, with, with, with minutes on the pitch at a high level? Yeah, 100%. You know, the more experience you have and consistent game minutes is, you know, I was never a right winger. I always like preferred the number 10 role, but in today's modern game, you know, the number 10 is, is non-existent, you know, at the highest level. And, uh, and actually I started playing this role with uh, Rob Gale, but doing it with Pai really pushing me to, you know, find the, the gaps, find the space, you know, don't chase the game. You know, when you start chasing the game is when you, when, uh, when you start closing the gaps, closing the space, you know, watch football. And that's what I've been doing, you know, the last two years is constantly watching football, constantly watching guys in my position. You know, what is it that they do at the highest level that's different? Mm. And that's just reading the game while, while the game is being played. You know, the ball's on the other side, you know, in my head, I'm, I'm to touch the touchline and I'm, I'm observing, you know, it's, uh, it's easy to say, but it's actually, you know, when, when you're in the game and focused, you know, you're trying to think, you know, what is the possible scenario? What can happen here that I can get to the goal and score? Cause I want to score. Right. I want to score and I want to assist. And if I score and assist, you know, the team wins, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just about breaking it down like that. And, and when you see these plays happening over and over and over again, you know, whether it be in our session, on TV, our games, Champions League finals, you know, it's about really understanding football. And uh, um, this is the, probably the most I've understood the game as well. You know, just always, always trying to learn because you never stop learning. And it's, it's awesome to, to expand your brain, to, you know, have conversations. Like, I'm never in my room. This is the first time I'm in my room right. uh, talking with you. you know, I'm just we- here to sleep, but I'm always downstairs talking about football. You know, yeah. what is it that, you know, next game, you know, where's space, you know, where's, or where they think that I'm going to get the ball and vice versa of my movement and just stuff like that is always, always trying to pick people's brains and, and have conversation. Who do you watch Marco? Who's, who are the teams that you particularly watch more of or players? <laughs> No, I, I just like, I'm not saying you're comparing yourself to them, but like, who are the players uh-huh. that you, who are the ones that you're thinking every day, I need to watch that player yeah. or, or I can take a ton of, yeah. I would imagine someone like Mo Salah, players like that. Yeah. 
yeah, I, uh, I probably haven't missed a messy game in, in a few years for sure. Uh, it's just like, just what he does is, is amazing. You know, we play relative positions. So I just try to pick up little things and, and, uh, try to do it my way. <laughs> yeah. I would say nobody does it his way, but, uh, just little things you try to pick up, you know, whether it's, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I watch Messi. It's boring to watch because he just stands there. But it's, there's a purpose to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he's standing there and observing everyone around him and the ball gets to him. He knows exactly where he's going. Boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, from standing, then he's scoring a hat trick. Right. Yeah, he's the best. And that, that's just the, the difference. And and for me, there's a lot of guys, you know, Mo Salah. Um, I love watching Insigne play. Obviously, reverse of me right foot but you know the, the same kind of stature you know small shifty and he's he's uh he's one that i i watched a lot here in the euros right and then obviously messi in the Copa america but uh yeah all these you know you see it now in every team you know these inverted wingers so any chance i can watch a a, a high high level game you know i'm always keeping an eye on the on the wingers for sure as an Englishman, as a proud Canadian myself as well, I don't really want to talk about the Euros, but I, I do want to know about <laughs> your reaction because I know, obviously, Italian heritage. What was that like, that party that you had? And uh, did you give it to Ali Bassett and others when when when, when you won on the shootout in Italian? <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> no, it was awesome. I was jumping on the chair in front of Bassett. I was just going, yeah, just, yeah. just oh. making him blush. And, and no, it was good. You know, it's... it's uh, you know, football, football is crazy sometimes, you know, like the passion people have for the game and, and uh, just, you know, how it brings everyone together. You know, we had everyone there watching it and, and it was nice to see, nice to be together watching it. And, and you know, some guys are watching it maybe because they feel like they have to watch it, but, you know, I'm watching it, you know, actually taking in the moment and, right. And, you know, what it is, you know, these guys play, you know, that that semifinal game that Italy played against Spain, you know, the first 20 minutes was like, holy smokes, mm. you know, like these both teams really want to win, you know, the pressing, the drive, the just how the game started was like, holy, like just so fast, clean. And you knew that that game was going to be going to be a good game. Yeah, so outstanding football, no doubt. Listen, you've been so gracious with your time. You know, I could talk to you all day. You got an outstanding football brain. Quickly before I go, I've got a couple of quick rapid fire questions for you, if that's okay. Um, go on. Uh, fa- favorite football stadium or ground you've ever played in? Ooh, interesting one. Um, I think uh, the one of the one of the cooler ones was uh, was Hibs in Scotland. Yes. When we went uh, went to play uh, Scotland with the national team, I think that that was a cool setup. You know, it was the first time I played in a in a stadium that was so close to the pitch. You know, the fans being so close. You know, that English style, UK style, right? Uh, stadium. I, I think that was one of the the cooler ones. Good one. Good memory. What about a, a stadium that you have to play in, or you would love to play in that you've not done yet in the world? Anyone? Oh, wow. I like to keep it realistic. I think, I think, uh, you know, one one day I'd I'd like to start a game at BC Place. Okay, that's fair. 
hopefully yeah. soon for you, maybe. Who knows? I don't think that's too uh, far around never, the corner, my friend. You never know. Uh, you talked about your diligent um, fitness regime. What's a cheat food for you? Like if you're allowed a cheap day or a cheap moment, what, what's the one food you have to have which you're allowed to cheat occasionally? Yeah. Um, it's not like some people wouldn't call it a cheat too much, but uh, I really like sushi. So when I do have a cheat meal, I just... I, I eat a lot of sushi. <laughs> yeah, I, lo I love it. That's a man who spent a lot of time in Vancouver right there. I've had some tremendous, yeah, exactly. tremendous sushi in Vancouver. Oh, the friend. best. Yeah, the, the best. The best. No um, yeah. are, you a are you a pizza guy? What, what, do you, what do you like on pizza? What's your favorite toppings? Oof. I'm pretty simple with pizza. You know, okay. I, I don't, I like uh, pepperoni and cheese. Yeah. But uh, I'm not a huge pizza guy. Okay. But if it's there, someone buys it for me, I'll, I'll eat it. I was going to ask you Messi or Ronaldo, but I think I got my answer already earlier with that, with that answer. Uh, you don't, you don't have to ask me that question. Yeah. But, uh, but what some people will say is, you know, Oh, I hate Messi. I love Ronaldo. I hate Ronaldo. I love Messi. But if you love football, you got to love them both. Do. I'm with you. I'm so. with you, mate. Look, I've, I've spent my entire professional life trying to dodge that question. So who am I to ask you? Huh. I don't, I, I, <laughs> I'll just say I've dodged it for 18 years of professional broadcasting in this country. I'll continue to dodge it. I'm just thankful for both of them. Um, what's your favorite sport other than soccer? Is there a sport that you watch other than other than the one you, the one you yeah, play? Uh, I watch a lot of basketball. Nice. I think it's a unique sport. You know, it's uh, you know, a sport with a lot of personality. Um, and I, I like the game. I enjoy it. I'm not that good at it, but I, I like watching it. Awesome. Last couple for you. Favorite country other than Canada that you visit? Oof. Wow. Because you've been around. I got to say, you, yeah. A lot of countries in your career. Yeah. I got to say Korea. Korea. Okay. Korea was an awesome place. We went there, obviously, with the national team. We, we played them. And uh, everyone was so happy. It was, it was awesome. Nice. You know, we, we, we went out after the game. You know, have some fun, and that was the first time I think I went out. And I didn't see a fight. You know, it was right like a bar fight, and everyone was just smiling, happy, having a good time, and just the whole vibe was was cool. And Seoul is a nice city, and, and last very one, clean. Last one for you. Yeah. I, I'd love to go there. It sounds beautiful. The country that you've not been to yet that you'd love to go to next is there a country that you've it's got is on your on your on your list? Uh not a country on my list, but there's a there's a place on my list. Um, okay. I've yet to be been to uh, Hawaii. Nice. And uh, my girlfriend's bugging me to go there. So. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe after you well, lift the shield in November, you can take her. What about that? Well, we'll make it happen. Make it happen. Hey, listen, I can't thank you enough for this. This has been a tremendous insight into your guidance and all the way through the mental abilities to get through things. I'm sure so many of the fans are listening to this will really enjoy this as well. Um, keep up the great work. Honestly, it's a privilege to cover you. You're doing a tremendous job and um, much uh, good luck to you in the form and the, in the bubble and then getting out there and hopefully I'll see you at the football stadium soon. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Wow. Where to begin with that? I think I'd probably like to begin with Marco again and thank him and Pacific FC in the Canadian Premier League for such an honest, enlightening, transparent, brave conversation. 
I love so much of what he said there. And I hope so many young players can take that in and understand there is no real pathway and map to going from one line to the other. There is different journeys and you can see how much more he's matured and his explanation about events on the pitch and how much he can really recall now uh, the maturity that he's got, his love for Lionel Messi. And one of my favorites moments when he said he wants to be back on that BC pitch, BC place pitch one day to showcase what he can do. And Hey, they're playing now in the, in the Canadian championships as well. So who knows whether that can be arranged in the future. Um, you know, also how this league is covered. I thought that was fascinating too, in terms of deciding to play in the Canadian Premier League, looking at the broadcasts, seeing what they were like. And certainly as a broadcaster, that was fascinating to hear Marco's take on that. Simply fantastic. To be honest, when I created this segment, it was for interviews exactly like that. Thank you, Marco. Thank you, everybody else at Pacific FC and the Canadian Premier League for helping me arrange that. Please let me know your thoughts. After all, I would love to hear the listeners and the viewers' thoughts on this, and we'll read some out on future episodes. Remember, please rate and review on your podcast platform or on YouTube what you think about this and the Canadian Premier League Newsroom podcast, which we recap all the games at least once, sometimes twice a week, and we'll be back this week to do that again on Friday. Thank you truly for listening. It means the world. Until next time, enjoy the games, everybody. God bless. Take care.